0: Hello, all you high-frequency females and human beings. Thank you for joining me on this journey we call life, and thank you for listening today. I have the beautiful Jess. Uh, You've listened to her before. Um, She's the poet and about to be a published poet which is amazing. Uh, We talk about the pressures of being female in the society, relationships both platonic and romantic. I will give you the heads up we had a little bit of a technical issue halfway through. I um, am blaming Zoom because it's the first time we've sort of connected um, since COVID and she lives in Melbourne, I live in Cairns but we still created a beautiful space to talk openly and freely. Um, There is a lot of banter between the two of us because we are such good friends. Um, Also, the C-bomb does get dropped, but we go into a little bit of where that C-word really comes from. Enjoy today's episode and have a beautiful day. (coughs) Hello all you high-frequency females. I have the amazing Jess who is oh my god got the best new, uh, news to share with you since having her on last. So welcome Jess. Tell our listeners. What Hello has been few- everyone.
1: Um. Well since I last Spoke with Tiana and the, the gang, um, and we were speaking about my poetry and my writing. I have recently become a published author Woo-hoo! with Olympia Publishing in London. Yeah. So very exciting! Um, should be out in the coming months after Christmas. Yeah. So stay tuned. And
0: her, oh. she's just showed me the cover art of her her book, and oh my god, amazing! It is like sexy, classy, like and thank like, you. It's. it's it makes love sexy, but still very elegant and classy at the same time. Is that is, can Thank you be you. can you be slutty and sexy and classy at the same time? Oh yes, yeah,
1: black and white. That's yeah. why I've gone for the basics. Yes. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, today we're going to be talking about um, the expectations women have and, you know, the expectations we've felt in our lives and, you know, the pressure we feel like we put on ourselves and why we shouldn't, you yes, know, it is agreed, so and
1: Agreed and I think it's such a hot topic, um, especially in today's society where we are a lot more socially active online. Um I think it's really coming front of mind to a lot of people and becoming more of a conversation, which is quite important. Because if we look back, like, what, 60s, 70s, even maybe 90s, right? Yeah. All the way back, yeah. back then, I just feel like it wasn't something that was necessarily spoken about because we didn't have platforms. Yeah, exactly. You know, it was very... <sighs> behind closed door kind of conversation so to bring it to light like good good on you and what what you you know you're working towards and striving like you should give yourself so much credit Mm -hmm. these conversations and what you're doing for women it's just phenomenal I I, I just think
0: it's so important to have these conversations and know that others that are thinking the same things are, are not alone and like you said like we live such a social light life on online so there's more criticism criticisms from people we don't even know that have an opinion on how we should live our lives and how we should look and dress and it can make life quite hard.
1: A hundred percent. So I guess if we're rolling off the conversation, is there an area that sort of resonates at front of mind for yourself?
0: Yeah, I think it is. And I've said this multiple times on here and on social media, but it's how – people have the opinion that you should dress a certain way for your age or, you know, you shouldn't wear that because, you know, you're too chunky to wear that and that really pisses me off. <laughs> and
1: yeah. It's a very frustrating. <laughs> it really pisses me off. Process.
0: It really does and I have to bite my tongue a lot of the time and I've started to yeah. really speak up and say, look, I, I don't agree with you and I was in a situation recently actually where someone was discussing like – about other people and, you know, you shouldn't be wearing that at this age and you shouldn't, like, if you're that size, you shouldn't be wearing that. I actually had to say to this person, I can't, like, deal with this conversation. Wow. I I can't talk to you about this anymore. This is making me really angry. I had to actually remind myself.
1: How I just don't understand how we are still living in a society where that is a conversation between two people. Exactly. Whether it be two women or a man, and like, why is that still a conversation?
0: Yeah, I find it's the older generation that are, have sort of been in that mindset. So, you know, the younger generations coming up, it's less about appearance, it's less about um, like. I don't know, like things, material things where, you know, they're dealing with, you know, racism and poverty. they have sort of more conscious, the younger generation that are coming through versus the older generation that you get married, you have kids, you stay at home, you look pretty. There's a huge gap of that age group versus the younger age age gap. Do you feel like the older generation puts this pressure on us?
1: A hundred percent which I think you and I touched, I was just trying to remember, I think you and I touched base on our first episode around the conditioning of normality. Yes. Like you graduate, you meet someone, Mm -hmm. you get married, you have children, and I know you and I are very much aligned in terms of the whole children's perspective and, you know, what defines a fulfilled life. Yes. Um, So I think naturally it filters down from that generation. Mm -hmm. My question to that or challenge to that, if we're, speaking to um, you know pressure pressures women face in this this day and age and then we're speaking to the fact of appearance do you think though that not necessarily maybe you and my generation um, but let's go say 10 years younger
2: mm-hmm.
1: because of the high high online activity mm-hmm. and social media mm-hmm. do you feel that because let's say we in general, are only posting the best versions of ourselves. Yes. Do you feel then we're instilling some some sort of culture to the next generation below them? Oh, definitely. Or do you feel like there's a – No, I totally
0: believe that. But I guess it it depends. You know, you've got some people that – you know, you've got Celeste Barber that, you know, she does have these beautiful photos and whatever, but she's also doing the others where, you know, it's not as flattering so I guess it depends on who you're following and who you surround yourself with because I know there's stuff that I post like stories and if you see my snapchat they're not flattering at all
2: (laughs) not at all
0: (laughs) I look homeless (laughs) there's even there's a photo on my instagram page where my hair looks like a rat's nest love
1: that love a rat's nest moment I think you have a good point too. It's around who you surround yourself with and who you're allowing to actively or be active in your life in terms of, I'm sorry, do you have a blanket? I've got
0: the, Are air, you, I've got the air conditioning on like 18 degrees.
1: Um, I'm sorry. I'm just painting, <laughs> nah, 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 nah. I'm painting a picture. So this <laughs> is in 40 degrees humidity in North Queensland, not a problem. Comes on in a jumper with a blanket. <laughs> but where does the blanket come from?
0: It's been on me the whole time.
1: Nah.
2: The whole nah, time. I'm done.
1: <laughs> I'm done. I'm really sorry to get sidetracked by the big fluffy mink blanket that you've Look, got there. Well, it's 40 degrees outside, and the aircon's on 18 degrees. This is how I live figure.
0: my Life. I live in air conditioning, so I have. I left my air conditioning on for my dog today at the <laughs> house, so she didn't have to deal Lovely. with the heat. Oh
2: man!
1: Oh man! <laughs> Jesus! Mama mia, honey! Oh, she's Goodness me! Swirling. Sorry. Goin- no, going going back. I I think I think you raise a very valid point around who you're choosing to surround yourself with. And that can be from an online presence perspective um, or like a day-to-day perspective. So good on you for like shutting down a conversation that didn't bring any value to you. Yeah.
0: And it is something that, you know, I can easily jump on this podcast and say this and I can easily put stuff on social media, but I feel like I need to, you know, walk the talk in my personal life when, you know, there is no mics, there's no camera, no nothing. That's the values that I, I really want to share with people, and it's part of me. So I think I'd be doing a disservice to myself if I'm not doing that in my personal life. But you know, I can have difficult conversations. It's not hard for me to say, "Hang on, I don't, I don't like how you're speaking." But it's something that I never used to be like that. I used to be a bitch. That I was just going like to say, it, are
1: you, are you, do you find that challenging? Did you find the transition between? what you knew your core values were and how you're projecting yourself and then actually living out those core values and your purpose through the way you like act and socialize. Like did you find that quite challenging? No. It was shift? like or did it was you like find it, was just something it
0: was just something that bloomed and something that I I just evolved in and it was like the easiest thing that's ever happened for me. Wow. But in saying that I do sometimes have these random thoughts and I'm like, no shut that down. Or I'll yep. say something and I'm like, no, that's so wrong. And immediately I'll even say to Justin, oh, shit, I shouldn't have said that. Like, that. Yeah. it's just like – You're so very
1: cool. self-aware in terms of shifting that – That maybe not necessarily your mindset, but the way you're vocalizing those thoughts that enter. Oh, you're
2: definitely. You're in a place now
1: where you're aware to shut them down and – to say no when yeah. that's not what you're aligned to
0: yeah exactly but it can be depending who you're surrounding yourself with there might be situations where you just have to choose to excuse yourself politely at the start and be like no I don't want to participate this like think that and then like oh excuse me I just got to go to the bathroom walk away don't come back to that person you know and just surround yourself with those people less if you can't have those conversations build your you know, build yourself up to those points because there's some people even in my life that I'm like, no, nah, I, I just can't even be bothered to bring it up because it's it's not worth it.
1: And following on from that too then, it, it sort of aligns with the pressures of friendship, right?
2: Definitely. To conform
1: to the people around you but isn't being um, proactive in terms of living out your own value. Mm-hmm you're going to weed out the people that aren't giving that back.
0: Oh, 100%. 100%. So to
1: your point around like you're very confident and happy to shut stuff down um, openly now, even if it's with people you know or, you know, people who are in your circle. Um, But I guess then the advice, you know, that you could sort of push forward to others is do you want to be surrounding yourself with people like that, A, and then B, you're just going to be able to weed out the people who are just not bringing value Mm -hmm. to what aligns Mm -hmm. with your core values. So why would you want to waste time?
0: Yeah, and even still, like, if your friends are talking shit about people, like, what they wear, like, what the hell are they saying behind your back about what you're wearing, you know, your body size, your body shape? Like, you don't want to surround yourself with those people. I could walk down a street and, yeah, there might be someone that I don't like their outfit on me, but it's almost like my brain now just ignores it. Like, I don't notice that. I notice. I notice the smiles. I notice the engagement of people. Like, I notice that before anything else and everything else is irrelevant. Does that make
1: sense? And what do you – it absolutely does. So my question then is at what point did you feel that that changed for you? Do you feel just the more – like, the older you got, the more you experienced life, the more you found your own individual purpose? Things shifted for you from that
0: mindset? I think when, and this is going to be just so like, oh, whatever, because not everyone can do this. But for me, it was easy when I left my hometown because it's almost like when I moved away, I could be more of an authentic person of who I really am rather than living the life that other people think I am. So I think like growing up in North Queensland, everyone sort of knew who I was as a person and... Like if I went with it, like out of that sort of realm of who I am, like something was wrong or, or you're just being bitchy or you're just, you know, a weirdo. Um, where when I moved mm-hmm. away down south, I could be my more authentic self. So I moved to Rockhampton mm-hmm. and then I just bloomed a little bit, moved to Brisbane, bloomed again. So then when it was time yeah. for me to be back in Cairns, it didn't matter. Like because anything that didn't matter no longer mattered. The people that no longer surrounded me didn't matter of what they thought of me and I didn't really care either because if you can't yeah. love me for who I am now, I don't want to be around you either.
1: So, and have you struggled? I know obviously you're quite you know confident and passionate in terms of who you are, you know who you are, which is an amazing thing. Um, in speaking of moving away from small town and going back were you apprehensive to go back was there any part of you that was like I haven't built up enough of that self-worth and self-confidence within myself yet because I am returning to such a small town and no. did you have any concerns
2: no
1: that's stunning no that I've, so amazing. It's, it's,
0: I think when you have you know who you are as a person and whatever like, it's just me. I'm not going to live any differently. You know, there's been times where oh, you're a bit too much. Well, fucking, it's maybe because you are surrounding yourself with less and don't deserve my amazingness. You know, it's...
1: Someone can't match your energy. Bye.
0: Exactly. It's all about the frequency. Right? You know I can't help it that my frequency is happiness and high and up here and people yeah. are in that lower vibration of, you know, anger and hate and jealousy. I. I I can't be compatible with that. Yeah, I can try and help you raise up here, but you've got to also help yourself. And, you know, when you are down there, that's when you project like the negativity, the jealousy, you know, you talk shit about other people. But, you know, I want to surround myself with people that want to talk about world issues and problems and how we can solve Mm. them as a collective. Or I want to know what you dreamt of last night and how you're growing as a person and what you're doing. That's what lights my world up. So, yeah, that's uh, the what energy about when, you need around you. What about when you moved to Melbourne? Like,
1: Well, I guess I'm still currently in that transition period, right? So 100% agreed. Um, again, very much conformed to small town, you know, that pattern of how life was going to be, which is great for some people. I just didn't feel like it aligned on my level. Um, came down here in the situation I was in as well, um, moving here, you know, with an ex-partner, um, still bringing a lot of that hometown sort of vibe with me and it wasn't until probably a year ago that I was finally in an opportunity where it was like you know what I'm actually by myself for the first time who am I I didn't know who I was outside of a small town um, or a hometown I didn't know who I was outside of my seven-year relationship which is which is absolutely fine you build a life with someone and you grow together and your world you know coincide and you, I think you lose yourself along the way, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. But for the first time, I was in an opportunity where I could just do whatever I wanted and be whoever I wanted. And I think to your point, when you step away from that and you give yourself an opportunity to be yourself and your authentic self, it's just insane what can happen.
2: Yeah.
1: Like the, the, for me, the, the career perspective, the writing perspective, even like, the beautiful relationship experiences I've had since then. I wouldn't I wouldn't have these if I hadn't have been in this position. So my advice for anyone who's considering leaving their hometown, give it a crack.
0: You can always move back.
1: You can always move back. The contingency of hometown is there. Yes. <laughs> but what you gain, what you gain from it is insane. I'm trying to convince one of my best friends down here, she's never lived alone before. Yeah. And she's coming up to a position where she has an opportunity to potentially live alone. And I was like, babe, just try it for six months. Yeah. Like you will just learn so much about yourself. Like she's, she's amazing anyway. You know, she's on her amazing journey. Um, but I would just be so blown away by what she will achieve if she spends some time by herself.
0: Yeah, and sometimes, you know, you need to have that time to yourself to work out who you are alone because you can't love others until you love yourself. That's so clichéd but it's mm-hmm. so true because you need to know, you know, who you are, what you stand for and what you don't. You need to value yourself and what, you know, you don't want to put up with stupid people stealing your energy and taking up space that you can spend on yourself.
1: So. So then do you feel like, because we've kind of mentioned, you know, those friendship pieces, do you feel then that there's pressure on us as women to maintain relationships that don't serve a purpose?
0: Like romantic and or
1: friendship? Either, either or, or. Or both. Or both. If we, if we stick to friendship, like friendship, do you feel that there is this pressure for us to maintain these relationships that we've had our whole lives when – Thanks
0: for listening. This is where we had the technical dropout, but it's the perfect opportunity for me to plug an amazing podcast created by Emma Lewis. She has started her own podcast and it's called It's In Her Planner. Emma has created an empire on her own um, with planners. She's now passed that on to a beautiful other co-woman who is absolutely beautiful in her own right but emma is creating a beautiful space of how to sort of plan your life and the share like what she experiences with planning and how she plans which is really cool Um, she's three episodes in and she is absolutely amazing so give her a listen on spotify it's called it's in her planner Thanks for bearing with us. We had a technical glitch. Obviously, it's something to do with Victoria. Story of my life. It's got to do with Victoria. <laughs> I'm going to blame Victoria. The it's the COVID.
1: Definitely Victoria. Does anyone in this <laughs> on this podcast? of my fault. A hundred percent. Okay, so let me pick up where we were at. So my question was around the pressures of maintaining friendships, like lifelong friendships. Do you feel that there is this pressure for us to, um for us to maintain these friendships or do you feel like there just comes a point in your life where value and your own work and your own beliefs override that and you don't feel like you need to what's that saying? Um draw blood from the stone or something? Yeah. You no know, draw water from a stone? I don't know. <laughs> draw with stones? I don't know. I don't
2: know. <laughs> but
1: the point is like you're just trying to exhaust something that no Uh longer serves you or exists like do you I know you personally don't because you're very um passionate and powerful at the process of elimination like if nothing serves you and you've tried and it's still not working you are very good at just going this doesn't serve me I'm done um but do you feel in general with what you observe around you that there is a lot of that
0: definitely I sometimes think that we put that pressure on ourselves and it is hard to self-reflect and say oh it's actually me that's putting that pressure on yourself yeah. because it is mm-hmm. hard to sort of self-reflect and I think you know we all they've the people that we've had in our lives and those friendships that are long live long lived or however long you've had them you've shared beautiful experiences you know you've gone through the happiest times of your life you've shared beautiful things you know there might be a bit of negative but you know your paths might be going in completely different directions they might have mm-hmm. a, a different vibration and they're not on the same frequency as you which that's comes back at. to
1: your frequency point, it right? is. Yes. and
0: that's okay too but it's just hard because you've shared such a beautiful part of your life with someone and no one's taking that away from you it's just an energy that doesn't serve you right for this this point in time in the future you, you don't to. know what what may hold like i've experienced not for myself but seen where friendships have gone apart but you know one's you know quite young's been divorced and has been living Mm. her best life where the other one has you know waited till her children have left school and then have separated from their partner but later on you know those two people have combined because they've got shared experiences that happened in life they realign exactly um So, you know, you just need to work out what serves best in your life, you know, and the pressure. If you're feeling that pressure, maybe ask why you feel that way. Um, Is it Mm -hmm. because, you know, you feel guilty and you don't want to hurt their feelings? But, you know, you just, if you are feeling you are in a relationship like that and you want to step away, just slowly separate yourself. But it is a pressure. And I think it's a pressure we put on ourselves, not so much society.
2: But it's
0: hard if you're in like a bigger friendship group though where everyone's Mm -hmm. friends with everyone, that's where it's hard because then you also, when you pull away from one person, you can't exactly pull away from or not pull away from everyone else at the same time because it just then makes it awkward. So I can completely understand that some friendships, you know, and that's why it's good to leave your hometown.
1: Yeah. But. I've
0: never experienced that myself, but how do you feel about that situation? Like, do you feel like?
1: Yeah, I think I feel that there is this expectation to maintain something that's lasted so long um, completely through what you said around the fact that you've experienced so much of your life with someone and you probably carry a lot of self, um, and I agree 100%, it's self-pressure, it's not necessarily society pressure, Um, And you carry so much guilt and burden in terminating something that no longer serves you. But to add to your advice, it comes down to the fact as well as do you really want to be wasting someone else's time? If your investment isn't in it, do you, you know, you're not only affecting yourself, but you're affecting the other person. And although it might hurt and be hard to begin with, Mm -hmm. long term, Mm -hmm. everyone's going to be better off. I think people sometimes put too much pressure on themselves for the initial um, reaction, situation, outcome, and don't think of that long term benefit yeah, for themselves. Because exactly.
0: it's like, mm. do you add value to that person's life and are they adding value? Exactly. It's about valuing yourself and valuating, like, value. I can't even get my bloody words out now because I'm too distracted know, looking at you. Oh. <laughs> hey, girl. <laughs> All the COVID, (laughs) (laughs) Oh no, it's so hard uh, to speak virtually with someone over, you know, over the phone because I've never really had to experience it. Living in Queensland, we haven't had to work from home. I guess you're so used to speaking to people
1: Uh, through a phone. This is so normal for me. Is it? Yeah, yeah. This is like I was on three meetings today via Zoom. Like this is just normal. Life down here is just insane from that perspective. Yeah. So, no, I don't want to put any pressure on you with this <laughs> virtual conversation. <laughs> You're doing great, sweetie. Oh, thanks.
0: And <laughs> I can't get my words out because I've just worked a huge day and it's been 40 degrees today.
1: <laughs> my brain is fried. Oh, yeah, but you got your big, big mink blanket there. Yeah. No a yeah. no problem. Yeah. So God. What about- and then I guess if, yeah.
0: Oh, well, I was just like in saying that, like, From a friendship, like what about when it isn't romantic? You know, there is that pressure, you know, to stay in relationships that are like far longer than what you, you know, really should as well. And it goes the same as about, you know, are you like adding value to the relationship in their life and are they adding value to your own?
1: Because you definitely don't want to terminate something too early. Mm Mm-hmm. But at what point are you just exhausting that resource? And I use the term wasting time very loose. Wasting's not the the word I'm looking for, but at what point are you just killing this time that's so limited? I'm really about time at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really about time at the moment. Um, I'm really into that, the concept that, and I know it's common sense but I'm, for some reason, something's triggered lately where, and you know what, it's probably going through the pandemic here in Melbourne and realistically our lives down here were put on hold for two years, like Mm -hmm. two full years and you're never going to get that time back and you're never going to get tomorrow back and I'm never going to get today back. So I feel like my perception on things has changed so much based on that. So I can speak to your like question around, the the romantic relationship perspective and, you know, you don't want to terminate things too early, um, especially if you've committed to someone. Like, you you love them and there was a point in time where you loved them and this was going to be your life with them. Um, but at what time are you just exhausting that to the point where you are wasting time because time is so limited?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, you're just not going to get it back. So, it's probably knowing yourself well enough to know when quote-unquote like enough's enough yeah and it's scary it's a scary thing Mm -hmm. same with the friendship piece like it's scary to end things that have existed in your life for a long time yeah
0: because it's habit you're so used to having those people in your life and to not have them that can be scary too
1: breaking the habit correct even just like from a very low level if you were in a routine with someone say, texting every morning or texting before you go to bed or checking in on you and that ends, like that's a kind of like a lifeline that ends for you. So there's this pressure to, I feel, and I guess I'm, I'm speaking from, you know, some experience that I felt that there was this pressure to make sure I had done everything I could to make something work which probably comes back to your point around the older generation. And I'm speaking very loosely in regards to this, but if you, in my experience, mm-hmm. if you look back, I don't remember a lot of people in a percentage um, perspective. I don't remember a lot of my friend's parents going through divorces, um, separating or anything like that. Like I feel back, back in the day, and maybe, maybe not our parents' generation, maybe prior to that, but like, Divorce and separation to me just wasn't something that existed.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So, like, I felt like you just kept working on something, no matter how unhappy you were, because you were in a, in a marriage. I'm using marriage as an example. Like, you're in a marriage, you just make it work. Mm-hmm. You're not happy, whatever you make it work. That just blows my mind these days. Yeah. How anyone could live like that? Yeah, definitely.
0: And I think our generation—that's probably why we don't get married. To a lot later as well, because you know you want to experience. Imagine being married to that first boyfriend you had. Could you imagine? Jess is right know now. My first boyfriend. <laughs> I would be so happy, <laughs> <laughs> mate. <laughs> oh, Jesus! Could you imagine? Christ. I'd be divorced. Yeah. You know.
1: Oh, I would be divorced. (laughs) Girl, we would be in the D club. I'd have five children. I'd own some flannels. I'd be on a farm. Mm -mm. No, thank you, honey. Not for me.
0: No. But you know what? People that have lived that life and are living it now, like good on you for finally making the decision to leave it.
1: (laughs) Good on you. Yeah. And you know what? If you're happily in it, good on you. Yeah. I just would not have been able to maintain that Yeah, for the past 18 years. No, thank you. Yeah. Speaking of children, pressures around children. I know you and I have opinions around this. Yes. Um, open up for discussion. I felt, and I wonder if this is pressure I put on myself or more to our point around just that, normality of hometown living or whatever it was, Mm -hmm. I just always felt that kids were going to be in my future. Mm -hmm. And the older I got, the less I was interested in it. And when I moved away, I was even less interested again. Yes. Now, do you think that's coming from a place of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, am I being stubborn? (laughs) (laughs) Or do you think there's this genuine? this genuine shift where I don't need a child to be happy. Yeah, I just think that's you've, the thing, right? like,
0: you've just I don't found need... and discovered yourself a little bit more and, you know, you don't feel you have fulfilment in other things that add value to your life where maybe at that point in time when you did live in your hometown, you felt mm. that's what would fulfil you and make you happy. I don't know. Yeah,
1: which is a, which is an absolutely great point. Because someone asked me recently at the start of the year, he asked me, did I want children? And I find that question very confronting. I do too. And I don't know why. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like obviously personal thing. I feel there's a pressure to to answer that in a certain way. And I, I can't tell you what I think I should answer. But I always feel very like worried about answering it. Oh, not, I, maybe not necessarily. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, because
0: I feel like when people ask me that, I'd rather someone asked me when my last pap smear was before that question. Like, it's that. Uh, that's a weird fucking comparison, but I feel like that's less offensive. Like, to I ask. I don't know what it is. I don't know either. I don't, I don't know, know.
1: I don't know what it is. So it's that, and it's why are you single? Yeah. Oh, okay. Not a problem. <laughs> yeah because I'm not wasting my time yeah yeah
0: but at the same time do you you know you might find and like we were talking about before this you know podcast episode mm. um before we started recording we were talking about points of time that yeah you might have someone that was the one in that point of time in your life and then you go through that next phase and that person mm-hmm. no longer fits and then someone else comes and fulfills that point in your life too they could either stay long term forever or you know you can continue to move on your cycle and the people around you in that time is who you're supposed to be around in that time there's no rules on how we should live our life so
1: 100 percent. and i think that's hard for people to understand
0: exactly exactly
1: always evolving yeah yeah but so i just find the children question very confronting because I think it, there was a point in time maybe in all our lives where as, maybe as a woman, I'm, I'm very much generalizing, but I just feel like there was always some point, whether it be when you were like eight or like 12 or 15 or whatever, where you just thought that was normal, mm-hmm. like that that's what life was. And then you get older and you learn yourself and you know what you love and what you don't love and it's okay. Yeah. Like it's okay if I don't want children. Exactly. I'm not a bad person if I don't want to bring more children into the world.
0: Exactly. And I guess when you look at, you know, sex in the city, you know, Carrie, she didn't have children. She designed the life that nice. she wanted. She had
1: the life. I don't want to, like, I don't want to say anything, like, too uh, comparatively, but am I not living her life at the moment? I'm a writer. Yeah. My ass is single. Yeah. <laughs> You're right about love. <laughs> <laughs> I write about love. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't got no no Mr. Big on the. Oh lungs, my god! So PS. Disregard.
0: You got to check out um Jess's outfit she wore on the. Was it a couple of days oh, ago that did you the love it? it?
1: Loved it fruit. on point. Yes. Did you love it? Loved it. That was a precious That was a precious thing. So it was a themed party, mm-hmm. and normally, so a bit of context. It was like a Gatsby theme. Yes. Um, naturally, all my friends who were going, like, showing me the dresses and, you know, all of that, which is stunning. Like, what a beautiful era. It's one of my favourite areas. Yeah. Um, and I was like, you know what? Suck my ass. I'm going in a suit. Fuck like, yeah. Like, don't, like, I'm not in a three-piece. No, she. <laughs> like, I've got no bow tie. No,
0: legit, she's <laughs> in, like, two-piece. I'm surprised if she even had fucking underwear on. She had a blazer and fucking pants. <laughs> not under the jacket. <laughs> <laughs> she was like. Hollywood tape. No, I just. It. it was literally a two piece, just a jacket and pants. Did you wear knickers? Yeah. I don't think you did.
1: I mean, I hope so. I don't remember. <laughs> surely, surely. Surely. But my point was, I was like, you know what? I could wear the dress, but I'm going to wear the suit.
0: I think you, I, oh my God, you look stunning. Absolutely stunning. It was Thank perfect. You. Perfect. I love a suit on a woman. I just think it's yeah. just so flattering as if you get the right cut, ca- like cut in the blazer. Oh, perfect, perfect, stunning.
1: Right, that was a vintage one too. It was one of my friend's mum's from like the seventies. That's awesome, stunning. And don't wear any
0: camis or like any top, just the blazer. Cammies. Amazing. Nah, no thanks. So <laughs> we'll give you Cammies. Jess's uh, Instagram handle after this, so you can check out her titties. <laughs>
1: My, my, my two-piece, the suit of whores. It is.
0: Uh, oh, my God. Okay, so you know how um on Spotify it tells you what you lived, uh, what your last 12 months and shit was? Do you know oh, what fucking – What you get? My number one song is You're Such a Fucking oh, no. Whore. The remix. What is that? Oh, I'll play it to you what afterwards. Yeah, it's like – Yeah, can you? It is like the song that I listen to when I'm, like, driving to the gym. And it just pumps me up. I fucking love it. It is so good. Who
2: thinks it?
0: Let me Who have a look. It? I'm on my laptop now. But it is so good. I was just like, yeah. And then it, like, it got me to thinking, um, like, the yeah. word whore, slot, all those sort of words, like.
1: Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, by J- Javier. I think so. I'm not, I'm it's like a remix.
0: I'll share it afterwards. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, thank you. But, like well, – the Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, yes. Yeah. so yeah. The, the language around yeah.
0: that. Yeah, and even, like, the, you know, origin of the word cunt. Oh, I know you I, laugh every time you say it.
1: I just can't. I just don't understand how you just, <laughs> you just so confidently say it. Yeah. I love that about you. Do
0: you know why, where that word cunt comes from? It's, it's, it's come the from origin. the, yeah, the Indian, um, like religion and stuff. And it's through the goddess, kunti Google that shit. The word has since oh. evolved from the oh. old, yeah, it's a goddess and men have made it into something else.
1: At what point? I don't know. At what point did the, so essentially it's a compliment. Like, if we're going back to its roots, like, yep. it's a compliment, yeah? Yep. Wow. I'm
0: going to say so. I'm a goddess. Oh, oh my God. God. Hashtag country. Oh, God, I can't even say it. Yeah, it's Ooh, actually spelt K-U-N-T-I, but that's where it originates from, so,
1: mm-hmm. Oh, wow. It's like, I'm pretty um,
0: sure she's, yeah. like, a, a Hindu goddess and it's about, like, femininity. If you Google it, she's absolutely beautiful if you have a look at the images and stuff as well.
1: The. I just want to know: At what point did you go? I'm going to Google this. I uh, Google like, shit all the time. That? No. no I, I know you do, but just specifically.
0: Oh, oh, I used to absolutely me? hate that word. Absolutely hated it. What could I thought? But then, like, like back in Brisbane days. Yeah, and then all of a sudden I was like, "Hang on, why are we giving men all this power? It's vagina." Like as well, so it's like, why are they saying it's in a negative thing?
2: Like, true. why? Yeah,
0: why give them the power to think that's a bad thing? Like, well, you, apparently, it's goddess. So yeah, it's a goddess. So if you call me that, I'll be like, oh, thanks, thanks, babe. I'm oh goddess.
1: God, you tell me <laughs> your knowledge on just the randomest shit.
0: Oh, it's like over this memory that just remembers everything. If I read something. I'll remember it. If I see something, I can even remember like outfits you wore to throw in conferences.
1: Oh, my God, you're wild. If Yeah, if I remember,
0: see it, remember it, everything. Crazy. Funny, that's stunning. Yeah.
1: a Bit off topic. Yeah. Sorry about that. No, uh, that's right.
0: But it is, it's like, it, well, you know, men have the
1: yeah, idea that the they language, can call right? us
0: all these things and it's like, oh, slut, whore. But, you know, what defines that? Like, why can't we say it as women
1: mm, mm, in whatever context and way we want? Because it doesn't affect me. It used to as a teenager. Mm -hmm. Actually, you know what? Probably up until even as an early adult. Mm -hmm. slut hated that, poor, hated that because it held such a negative connotation. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm sorry, if I'm a woman who likes dick and I'm being safe about it and and, like, you know, like I'm, I'm safe, I'm having a good time, I'm not disrespecting anyone, I'm not putting, like disrespecting myself if I don't feel like whatever situation I put myself in, it's disrespectful towards myself. Why does that, why? Like why is that a bad thing? It's,
0: well, it's not a bad thing.
1: But like, did they all get together? Like did they all have a, like, a meeting and they all, they all went to the pub, all the men, and said, you know what, we shall declare that a woman who enjoys having sex I'll
0: be a plus. It's called religion. Oh, here we go. There yeah. we go. That's my thoughts on that situation. And I used to go to church every Sunday. I used to go. I to, know you did. Like it, it's something that it's like. Well, hang on a second. You wake up one day and it's this pressure to live a life, and it's like religion. It's telling you you can't do all these things, and you need to live within this path. But hang on, we're also human fucking beings that have evolved and it's hard the more I learn about science the more it's sort of pulled away like it's crazy yeah yeah it's Wild. And especially like with some religions like they tell the things that I can see and feel and know is demonic and or like you're then crazy or schizophrenic or something like yeah. it's like well, yeah. well hang on how these are the gifts like God has given me. I haven't chosen this as a small child that how can I have sin when I'm a small child? Like,
1: Did you did you feel pressure to continue that sort of, you know, religious path and you followed that and, you know, go to church? And when did you sort of break away from that? Well,
0: there was a church that I used to go to with my friends and, you it was actually that church that was they were all about love and acceptance and this was Aww. when i was like a teenager so there's people that even went that were that were gay and they were celebrating they could be their true authentic what? selves yeah without any criticism and even when we went on like religious camps i pulled so much maybe i just had amazing leaders and stuff at you know in my circles and groups there but they're all about like when you're reading it's like the teachings um was more about you know living a life of love and happiness and help Mm -hmm. and to serve humankind and the human race versus like you know to better ourselves as a collective which then still aligns with me today, but I feel like I I don't need to go to a church and give them money so I can go to church. That's what I don't like is that you have to give donations to the church. Like you can, if you know, if you are religious, you can worship God in whatever way you want. If you're spiritual, you can, you know, do whatever you want too. And I do not think that's evil. At all. Yeah, 100%. So it's hard. It's hard. I Like my, my family's amazing so they never put pressure on, on me about religion, thank God. Yep. But um, yeah, we were quite free. My dad... And had a positive experience a from yeah. that perspective. Yeah, where other people yeah. – I've had friends that are complete opposites, where they're Catholic and they, were, yeah. you know, had terrible experiences. And, you know, I went yeah. to St. Monica's in Cairns for a little while, which yeah. was a, a Catholic high school. And to, and I'm not Catholic. Um, I come – under. Well, I'm Anglican, my, like, Church of England. Um, mm-hmm. So that was very different, very different. And it mm. wasn't as mm-hmm. – it was more structure, rules and stuff where it, – it, what blew my mind is that the people that were Catholic were not living a life by the church. They'd just come and confess their sins, but they're still cheating on their partners and, you know, smoking crack wow. and, <laughs> you know, doing yeah. drugs. But, yeah. oh, hang on, we can go to church and repent. But they're actually not living the life of the teaching uh, – that's a totally different podcast. a massive
1: contradiction of yes, no,
0: <laughs> not go down that rabbit hole. No, 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 no. It's a dark yeah. one. <laughs> so That's moving wild. forward with your life, like how do you think women in general could better their lives so they don't feel these pressures?
1: Uh, I think it comes back to the little points we've already touched on. It's establishing who you are, what you're um, – Core values are what you want from life. I think uh, what I have learned is once you have established yourself, I always view people as uh, I know this is ridiculous, but I always view people as trees, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So we are in, we're all individuals, we all grow at our own like rate or whatever. We're all we all have the capability of having such a we all have a foundation whatever that looks like some might be weaker some might be stronger some might be more enriched um, some might be you know through misfortune not of their own fault or of their own fault so we all have a foundation and as we grow we, we get stronger and we, you and I were touching on wisdom before and you know we go through experiences and our trees grow and there are points in life where, hard like to show people virtually
2: yeah.
1: um, but you know as your trees grow there are points where those branches intertwine mm-hmm. so for me I feel like once you've got such a solid foundation on who you are your branches you allow your branches to intertwine with those who align with your core values mm-hmm. so I just feel like the black and white is until you know yourself until you know what you want what your purpose is what your core values are you're not going to be able to bring that energy into your life. And you're forever, maybe not forever, but you're know you forever going to be seeking and longing and trying to conform to maybe what this expectation is or what this expectation is or what this career is or what this relationship is because you just don't know who you are or what you want.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. So until that has been discovered within yourself, you probably are going to find you're going to go through a juggling of good experiences and bad experiences working that out. So I'm not saying overnight you're going to wake up one day and be like, I know who I am, like, this is who I am. Mm-hmm. Um, you're going to have to go through shit. You're going to have to have good times, bad times. The chapters of your life, are going, the pages never stop turning. Mm-hmm. It's up to you whether or not you want to find out who you are and, you know, what you want from that long-term perspective in order to obtain that. So I think for me when I strip pressures of, relationships and friendships and work expectations and life expectations, when I started stripping that away and knowing what I actually wanted, I found that things around me naturally started fading away. Again, whether that be friendships, relationships, um, careers, bad habits, you know, habits that I didn't know if I enjoyed doing, good habits coming into my life, um, discovering yourself. At the end of the day, I heard this a little while ago, and it just resonates with me so much, is that, I'm going to butcher it, just a <laughs> prerequisite, I'm going to butcher it. But it's something to this effect. No matter what happens in life, if you are broken up with, if you get into a relationship, if you're uh, abused, if you self-abuse, if you love, if you lo- lose, whatever, at the end of the day, the only person who's still going to be there is yourself. Mm-hmm. So if you don't look in the mirror and go, I – and it's, don't get me wrong. It's a journey. <laughs> it takes a very long time to get there. But if you don't look in the mirror and go, I love you. You know what? I don't care what your body's gone through during COVID lockdown. Like, I love your body. You keep me safe. You keep me going. I have a life. I have limited time. Yeah. Sorry, I get so passionate about this.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, like, at the end of the day, you're the only person that's going to be there for yourself. People are going to hurt you. People are going to let you down. People are going to obviously bring value. But when you're at your lowest, there is only you that remains. So how can you nurture and love and give, give that out if you don't feel that for yourself?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I don't even know if I answered your question because yes. you feel so no. passionate about I, it. I, but I totally understand
0: I just, like, because you have to add the value into yourself and, you know, create the world, you know, you want before you can start adding people, yeah. adding relationships adding you know careers you need to have your core values your core self really strong and it takes time but it's worth it I know for and
1: and that no sorry you go no no no.
0: well for me I know like meditation helps journaling helps you know music even doing this podcast enriches my life to better myself to raise my vibration but like for you how do you Add value into it? Well,
1: I think, I think because I write and read a lot. So the journaling, 100%. And that's obviously something you introduced to me ages ago, and that I've been very, I know we were speaking about it in our first pod, podcast, but every night I'm still doing my little three things. Like I'm just so excited I'm about to hit yeah. a year. Nice. Um, and I just can't wait to. Have you ever gone through yours? Just side note, have you ever gone through yeah. like what, your, your journal? Yeah, sometimes. So I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure what the deal was <laughs> like there's no manual um, but I was like is this something that like you're supposed to reflect on or is it something that like you write and dispose of so one night I was like you know what Jesus takes the will I'm gonna do what I want to do and I literally opened it and just flicked it and landed on a page and my pages so obviously obviously two pages um, with four days on it and I just was like astounded at how, like, the things I was finding gratitude in. Like, it, I think I must have done this on maybe, like, on on an off day or a bad day. And obviously, like I said, we've been going through lockdown. So it's literally I've been in these four walls for, like, two years. Um, and it just made me so happy to reflect on the things that I found, find gratitude in. I absolutely love that. So thank you so much for introducing that to my life. But it um, does
0: sometimes but... for me. Like, I just, like don't put that pressure on myself because you're like, oh, someone's going to read that. I just doodle words sometimes when I yeah, can't yeah. do something. I like just doodle it, doodle it. It can just be words, feelings, sentences and not putting that pressure I love,
1: on myself. I love that you don't put pressure on what it's supposed to be. So I think I was overthinking it. I think I was like I need to do X, Y and Z and try to obtain that consistency mm-hmm year out well, don't get me wrong consistency is extremely important but the fact that you're picking up the book and writing it every night is consistent exactly like that's where you're establishing the consistency so that was phenomenal and then the next thing was I did a bit of um like research into I'm obviously preaching a lot about like knowing who you are and self-worth and self love and stuff like that um didn't happen overnight but there were a few books that were recommended that I highly recommend which I can like send them to if you yeah, want to like put them definitely. up definitely um, but the resilience project. Mm-hmm. Have you read that? No, no.
0: I'm going to have to now.
1: <laughs> the resilience project, and this one a friend recommended, and I finished it. And it was literally one of those books where um, I got it in digital copy, so I could screenshot pages. And it's called The Courage to Be Disliked. Oh wow! Oh my god! Could not put this thing down. Yeah. Highly. Re- I'm going to send them both. I'll send both to you. Um, Highly recommended So they're both on like Two of the like Books you have to read Before you die um, And then there's Seven Habits Of Highly Effective People Yeah And then This is just like A classic How to Win Friends And Influence People Oh I've seen that so, one like, And I'm like
0: Oh do I need to get
1: that one <laughs> Yes So If you don't enjoy reading Obviously you've got The audiobook options mm-hmm. Um That's probably Your only option <laughs> But like You don't you know, I'm speaking with of people who enjoy reading. Um, some of the things that I pulled from this, things around like um, reactive language mm-hmm. and proactive language. So instead of going, um, I feel ugly today, mm-hmm. it's like, what, what can I do to feel good today?
2: Yeah, okay.
1: It's like changing that mindset. So I think if we are trying to strip away pressures, <laughs> And doing that by getting to know yourself, like there's so many foundations on what you can start. I also did a life, have you ever done a life um, evaluation? No. Like that was confronting. I'll send you a link to that. So oh, shit. I'm going to be having a breakdown in,
0: like <laughs>
1: next week. Come on over, baby. Oh, no. Fly into Victoria, catch some COVID, come into lockdown. <laughs> yeah, no. you learn so much about yourself. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but the thing is like it asks you these it's very simple like very straightforward but it really puts things into perspective and it was just so rewarding for me when I looked back on it um where so much of in this life like evaluation was around like me writing and publishing and to have achieved that I have no words like I I remember writing it I remember feeling shitty when I was writing it and like trying to pull like life and goals and direction like it really helps put things in perspective and direction for you yeah and it was just filtered all through it like being published and like now it's happened i'm just like okay well i've achieved my life goals so um great
2: (laughs) (laughs) you create Um, new
0: goals and new new focuses new paths so much more
1: what happens next please (laughs) but i'll send all this through to you highly recommended if you're going on that self-journey Move out of your hometown. We need to do like a checklist. Oh, move out of your hometown. How about we put readable. it on on
0: the website? We'll 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 make done. like a little recommendations.
1: Oh, done. I've been in lockdown for so long. I've got lots of suggestions.
0: That's all right. Maybe we should give you a full segment of like Jess's tips, Jess's recommendations,
1: <laughs> things that you should never do based on Jess's experience. Oh shit. <laughs>
0: I think that's oh, a book that. in itself.
1: Ah, <laughs> oh, I was telling I was telling a friend of mine about a book idea around thirty stories at thirty about yeah. these pivotal things that have happened by the time I hit thirty. Yeah, I was like, does anyone want to go down that journey? Because she is slippery. <laughs>
2: <laughs> anyway,
1: your your advice, your tips, stripping pressure away, go.
0: Um OK, one advice that I can give you is stay away from those detox diets. Oh, stay away from the detox diet. do not put diet. that pressure on yourself to conform to look a certain way, to do dangerous diets. Like the time I did the pear challenge with pear juice, and you're only supposed to drink 250 mils. I drank one liter. Do you know what pear juice does to you and your butthole? Do you know Jess? No. What what do you think? No. Oh
1: my god, are you
2: serious?
0: Volcano. Volcano, like there's no clen- no clenching to clench. It was like
1: gosh. Like are you okay? Have you recovered
0: or Um that happened like twenty years ago. No, not really, like ten years ago. Nah. Like yeah, no to the, the diet. And that, then, yeah, and, and so that. that's my biggest thing is don't conform to do detox diets, dangerous diets. People are having heart attacks on having medication just to look a certain way. I think, you know... Like just said, instead of looking at, you know, I hate my body, think of the things that you love about your body first and build that foundation up. If you're still not happy, you need to look again, self-evaluate. I think self-evaluating is something that maybe I need to do that because everyone. Does. Yeah, yeah. Is something that we really need to do is reflect back onto that. So um mm. next one is is oh, I can't think. You've really made me unprepared. I can't I'm think so of sorry. Things. I'm so sorry. <laughs>
1: Thrown you with the drama.
0: I know. I was just like, what?
1: <laughs> with those 70 blankets <laughs> you have on, mate, and that jumper. This is great. Oh, bloody Queenslander. I know. It's
0: crazy. So do
1: you have anything? We could to- write like a little blog around it. Oh, like, bloody, bloody we'll hell. we something together because I feel like we're just going around and around. Maybe. We- In a good way. Like there's just so much to talk about it. But putting it Words will just establish. I think we need to words. do like know,
0: th- yeah, thirty things to do before you're thirty, and thirty things you shouldn't oh. do before you're thirty. Ah,
1: oh, <laughs> a couple of men on that list,
0: Lord.
2: <laughs> uh, Jesus Christ. Anyway, oh, so do you have anyway. anything
0: you'd love
1: to add, and for women to know? I just think that we are all such beautiful, unique people. And it's taken me such a long time to understand that my beauty looks different to your beauty. And it's all beautiful. And it loops back into the whole conversation around pressure and the pressure we put on ourselves based on ourselves, what we see around us, um, what we associate with. And I think my big takeaway is that, oh I love takeaway, (laughs) Um, is that (laughs) Sorry, I was thinking about food. Um, yum. Yeah. Um, uh, my big takeaway is like it's all about you. You are just stunning the way you are. Someone's I don't know with someone else's I have no doubt. Um someone loves green eyes, someone might not like green eyes. Like there's you're just not gonna take when you understand that you're just not those type of person for everyone,
2: mm-hmm.
1: but you are your own type for yourself and for your friends you associate with love happiness experience all comes to you once you just find that worth within yourself and it takes a while to get there so don't feel like this is something that's going to happen I'm, I'm 33 and I'm just getting there now it's a journey and what a cool journey mm-hmm. you're going to look back in your chapters of your life and just be absolutely so You've survived a hundred of your worst, like you've survived every worst day you've ever been through. If you're still here right now with us, like you have survived the worst days of your life. You can only go up.
2: Definitely.
1: Peace. Peace.
0: (laughs) Thank you so much for tuning in today. We know it was a long one, and thanks for staying with us in our technical glitches today, our butthole stories and diarrhoea and the word cunt. The goddess. Cunty. Cunty.
1: (laughs) The goddess. (laughs) Oh, thank you.
0: Thank you.